You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's tough. Sure, they're going to come out with a lot of energy, especially at home. I don't know, some of them games, guys play 48, 46 minutes, you know, is. It's do or die. So we got to play with a sense of urgency also because it's a big game for us too. You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe, Joe G. Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Monday as we get set for the NBA playoffs tonight. We'll get to the two games between the Suns and the Mavericks here in just a second. We're being joined by Ryan McDonough, our Odyssey NBA insider, hanging out for an hour here. And don't forget the pro basketball playoffs are here. And PropSwap is where real sports bettors find the best odds and turn the hardwood into hard cash. PropSwap is the only app that allows you to pick your favorite teams now and then sell your bet whenever you want. And the best part, it's all from your phone. You never even need to touch the ticket. We all make sports bets to make money, and many prop swappers make thousands of dollars just one month from buying and selling bets. This allows you to win over and over without your team ever lifting the trophy. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. Sports bets. Ryan, uh, some fans may want to sell the Sixers right now, considering the Embiid situation. Before we get to the series, game one tonight, what did you think of what happened late in that game against the Raptors? Sixers are closing it out. They go on that big third quarter run. They're up 29. Embiid dunks, does a little flying down the court. And I don't know if it was intentional or not, but Siakam ends up with an elbow in his face on the other end. And my thought was, why are the starters in the game? You know, up 27, 29. Doc Rivers on Saturday said it's customary about four minutes to go to pull your guys. That was right around that mark. Did you think that Doc should have had them out of the game earlier, especially Embiid, who's just, you know, he just he's always hurt. What, what did you think about that? I think that's one of those things that's always easier to say in hindsight, Joe, than at the moment. I know as an executive or coach, if you're up in a playoff game, you could be up 50 with two minutes left and you're worried that's going to slip away. I mean, that's, you know, we've seen some runs, especially with the three-point shot. That's not a rational, logical thing, obviously, but emotionally, when you're in the moment and uh, feeling the pressure that I think Doc Rivers and the Sixers felt in that game after going up 3-0, as you know better than anybody, uh, living there and covering the team closely than, than losing the next two games. Um, so I, and I, I don't have a problem with it like some people do. I understand that, yes, he probably should not have been the game. But again, when, when you're in that moment, um, you know, you, you, if, if you're up 100, it, it doesn't seem like enough until the final buzzer goes off. Um, so I, I think, you know, things happen. Guys get injured in practice. Uh, guys get injured in games. That, that, that's part of life in the NBA. It was certainly unfortunate. It's going to make it difficult, if not impossible, for the 76ers to be this Miami Heat team, in my opinion. But uh, I, I can't quibble with that from Doc. Um, I think most coaches would have done the same thing in that position. Yeah, so Miami, massive favorites, as you could imagine. Minus 350, uh, Philadelphia in that plus 270 range. In fact, if you take the Heat minus a game and a half, they'd have to to wrap it up here in six or fewer. They're still a big favorite there. Uh, do you think Philadelphia can split? Because that's obviously the thinking here. Uh, Woj was uh, reporting yesterday that Embiid is at least going to miss the first two games. 
I don't think so, Joe. I, I don't know how they would. Um, I, I guess it's possible, but Miami's really good. I mean, Miami, you know, I, I think I'll raise my hand. I underestimated them all year. And keep in mind, this was the number one team in the Eastern Conference, and they had very few games without their best players together. I mean, if you go look at uh, the games lost or uh, look, put it a different way, games played together with Jimmy Butler, uh, Tyler Harrow, Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, those guys, there weren't many. Uh, Lowry is out again. He's listed as out again for this series. Miami listed like a bunch of guys as questionable, which, uh, spoiler alert, I think most or all those guys will play. So I wouldn't read too much into that. Um, but this is a good Heat team. I think one of the underrated elements of what Philly did at the trade deadline was thinning out their depth with Seth Curry and Andre Drummond going along with Ben Simmons uh, for James Harden back in return. Um, so, and, and then I think the biggest factor, though, guys, is if I look at the difference between Embiid and DeAndre Jordan or Paul Reed or whoever the backup center is, George Niang, that's a canyon, right? You're talking about an MVP candidate uh, to a guy in DeAndre Jordan who, in my opinion, is not a rotation caliber NBA player at this point in his career. Um, that's the difference, right? And, and, and that's where I think uh, the elite teams, we've seen it with Golden State having guys step up. We've seen it with Phoenix. Uh, now when Aiton goes to the bench, they have JaVale McGee uh, to plug their biggest hole from a year ago. Um, you know, they don't have that in Philadelphia, especially with Drummond not on the roster anymore. So uh, I think this is 2-0 going back to Philly. And then I think that puts a ton of pressure on MB, not only to come back, but to come back and kind of save the day for the 76ers. I am curious your thoughts on Doc Rivers. I just wanted to circle back to that. Obviously, you know him from your Boston days. Like, what is your assessment of his coaching job in Philly? Because he's kind of been dragged a little bit in the media here lately. Yeah, well, I mean, remember, I'll take you back a year ago, Aaron, to Mike Budenholzer. Remember how many things, uh, you know, we, we heard about Mike and the criticism of Mike. And uh, there were strong rumors and, uh, you know, speculation that if the Bucks didn't advance, if, if Kevin Durant's toe weren't on the line and the Bucks lose in round two, does Budenholzer get fired? Uh, so that's why I bring it up, because I, I think it's easy to live in the moment. And, and yes, Doc is facing a lot of criticism. Uh, but if the 76ers spring an upset without Joel Embiid, then he's a genius again. So, so I think that's the way it kind of shifts uh, in the NBA a lot of times with coaching. Um, I, I understand and I see uh, knowing him personally, Doc's frustration in some of these media interviews. I guess I understand some of it. Uh, as as you know, a friend of mine, I wish you wouldn't do it. I wish you wouldn't kind of engage and go back at the media like that because I think it adds fuel to the fire. Um, yeah, and, and look, the three the blown three one leads will be there. Uh, it in his defense, to his point, you have to be up three one and you have to be in a lot of good series and and really win a lot of playoff games to be in that position. So I guess I understand it, but uh, but uh, you know, I. I if, if I could advise him, uh, I wish he wouldn't kind of snap back and fire back like that um, because, you know, I, I think it, it gives, again, his critics more fuel and it also comes off as dismissive and disrespectful in some ways, which knowing him personally, that's that's not who he is. But I, I, I think it can be interpreted that way. And so, uh, frankly, I, I wish he wouldn't do it. Ryan, there's a lot of uh, slack to be picked up without Joel Embiid, a lot of points to be made up without Joel Embiid. And, and I don't think it's going to come from the center position. You mentioned their, their backups there. It, it's it's a it's a wide wide gap between Joel and whoever's in for and Paul Reed or DeAndre Jordan. So who does it have to be? Is it is it a Tyrese Maxey thing? Is what what are you noticing with James Harden as well? Because I think Harden's going to be the one looked at after the trade they made. Like James, if you still have thirty point games in you, the Sixers need it right now. Do you think Harden still has those kind of games in him? Because that's the only way I could see them winning one of these two games or or the series is if Harden goes in the way back machine and has a thirty five point. Do you think he can at this point? 
Well, uh, I think he, he has the possibility of doing that, Joe. And, and I say that because uh, going into game six in Toronto of the first round series, I wasn't as confident. And then, uh, you know, he played well in game six and, and the team rolled against a good opponent who had won the previous two games in a difficult environment up in the Rogers Center in Toronto. So um, he's certainly capable, but obviously that, that's what needs to happen. I mean, it needs to be Harden and Maxi, uh, Tobias Harris, I think, as the third guy. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Harden handles that, Joe, because I always wondered, uh, especially I said this, I was doing the trade deadline live for NBA TV. I wondered how James Harden would handle playing with Joel Embiid uh, and deferring to Embiid, the MVP candidate, maybe the MVP front runner at that point. Uh, well, now, at least in the short term, he doesn't have to. So can we, as you mentioned, go back in the Wayback Machine and see Houston, James Harden, where here you go, James, the ball's in your hand. We'll surround you with shooters. Go do your thing. Just go. You, you know, you want to take 50 shots, take 50 shots. We need that. Uh, we'll embrace that. We'll support you. Um, you know, I, I think he's, he's you know, potentially capable of doing that in spurts, but, but I wouldn't expect him to do it, say, both games in Miami uh, without Embiid out. I, I just don't know that he can do that right now. Joe, from what I've seen of him in a Philadelphia uniform, as you know, he got off to a great start. Uh, those first four or five games in Philly, it looked like, wow, this is going to work out at a high level, and this team may be a championship favorite. Um, the rest of the regular season and the first five games of the Toronto series, uh, I thought he cooled off, came back down to earth a bit. Um, but this will be an ultimate test. I, I thought he did a good job in game six against Toronto, uh, kind of stemming the tide of some of his critics. He has to do it again with a lot more pressure against a better opponent here against Miami. So I'm hearing a, a repeat with Miami like they did against Atlanta. Are we thinking heat and five? Well, it could be. I mean, it, it could be, honestly, Heat in four if if MB wow. doesn't come back or he's not right. Um, but, yeah, I, I think probably Heat in five or six if I, if I had to bet it, assuming that, um, you know, Miami wins the first two. They go back to Philly. If if uh, MB's healthy, uh, they're relatively healthy, they could win both games at home. So, um, you know, these are two, I'd say, at full strength, relatively even matched opponents. Um, but Miami has much better depth, I think, is the difference in Philly. Philly is so reliant on the one guy who's an all-time great uh, you know, offensive and defensive player in, in terms of his productivity when he's healthy and in the lineup. Um, but but he's not he's gone. And, and I think any team that's so reliant on one guy, especially, again, at the trade deadline, a team that thinned out their depth. And I understand why they did uh, what they did with the deal with Brooklyn bringing in Harden. But I think at this point in the year, it's, there's two, you know, as an executive, you can't make a trade. You can't go sign another player. I think that lack of depth uh, and, and then the huge hole that Embiid leaves will be too much for Philly to overcome. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. 
You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com slash Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com slash Therapy60. In this matchup tonight, uh, Sixers at Heat, is there a player that you might look to for some props? I don't know if you have it in front of you. I'm happy to like read you any numbers, but someone who could have a good game or maybe a bad game that you would look to the under, um, anything you might like? Points, rebounds, assists. Yeah, well, look, looking at um, you know, I, I think I'd look at, at Bam at a bio from on the Miami side of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, having a big game because uh, you know, I, I, I guess uh, Joe Gillia, you probably know better than I do, but but does DeAndre Jordan start tonight? You, you know, is, is that the is that? I mean, Paul Reed. Uh, I guess yeah, I think Bam Paul Reed played, Paul, Paul's played pretty well, but Doc seems to do like the size thing, right? When it's a bigger team, he goes with DeAndre. When it's a smaller team, he might go with Paul Reed. It feels like this is a DeAndre spot, and I just think that's bad news for the Sixers if it's DeAndre. He just he looks cooked to me. <laughs> I agree with that, and, and the reason, Aaron, the reason I asked Joe that question is Bam Adebayo is one of the most agile, athletic big men in the league. DeAndre Jordan doesn't move very well anymore, um, so yeah, I'd, I'd look at all the Bam uh, prop, you know, mm. points, rebounds, uh, maybe not so much as assists, but points and rebounds. Yeah, uh, just being too quick, too agile uh, for DeAndre, uh, too big, too physical probably for Paul Reed. Um, you know, I, I think he'll have a field day. And keep in mind, Miami uh, maybe has the best. Uh, Golden State possibly, but Miami might have the best shooting depth in the perimeter too. When you have Tyler Harrow, Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry's out, PJ Tucker from the corners now. Uh, and I bring it up because it's not like you can just pack the paint and say, okay, we're going to take away Bam at the rim. Well, okay, you're going to give Duncan Robinson and Harrow and those guys open threes. You, you don't want to do that. Uh, so I, I think Bam will have a, uh, an athletic advantage. He'll definitely have a quickness advantage. And, um, you know, the, the, the perimeter defenders uh, for Philly are going to be in a really difficult spot. Do we help? Do we dig down and give up open threes to Robinson, Harrow and company? Or do we just let Bam go one-on-one for DeAndre, which I, I think is a really bad matchup for the 76ers? All right, Ryan, let's dive into the other series that starts tonight, the Mavericks and the uh, and the Suns. I'm really excited for this one. And the best part is it sounds like we're getting both the stars on the court. We weren't sure a week ago. Like, would, would uh, Luka play? Would Devin Booker play? It sounds like we're going to. So the series price is I'm seeing Phoenix minus 295, Mavericks plus 240. Uh, there's different ways to play. You could play Mavericks plus a game and a half. You need to go to seven. Obviously, Phoenix minus a game and a half. Big picture, what's your thought on this series where we get to game one? Is this a Suns easily, or is this going to be a challenge? I think it's going to be a challenge for Phoenix. I really like what I've seen from the Mavericks in the last third of the regular season. Ever since they made, I think, one of the more underrated trade deadline acquisitions, sending out Chris Stapps, Porzingis, bringing back Davis Bertans, and especially Spencer Dinwiddie. And that was a criticism I had on Dallas early in the year. As you guys know, I was on with you. I said, uh, Luka is great, and Jalen Brunson's really good, and Brunson's even gotten better. And Brunson, <laughs> talk about a guy who's in for a big payday in free agency. He's made himself a ton of money uh, with, with not only what he's done in the regular season, but especially this playoff run. Um, but as you know, we saw it the last couple of years when the Dallas Mavericks played the L.A. Clippers in the playoffs. Teams would load up on Luka, and Luka is historically good offensively, so he still put up monster numbers, but the team would lose. And, and I just think any team in today's NBA, and it's kind of ironic, guys, that they're playing Chris Paul in the Phoenix Suns because, as you guys know, that was kind of the book on Chris and the knocks on Chris forever is the one guy with the ball in his hands, regardless of how great he is, 
when the stakes get get go up in the playoffs and you're playing better and better opponents, it's hard to win that way. So I, so I think now with Dallas, they can spread it around. It's not just Luka. He has Brunson. He has Dinwiddie. Um, you know, Maxi Kleber shot the lights out in Utah. So uh, I think it's going to be a long series, uh, but I still think Phoenix wins the series. And uh, maybe that's because the guy over my left shoulder here, I'm, I'm biased given that, uh, you know, we drafted him all out. But uh, DeAndre Ayton, when I look at him, and, and, and to some extent, McGee, but especially Aiton, I don't know who Dallas has that can stop him. Uh, they'll try with Maxi Kleber. They'll try with Dwight Powell. Uh, maybe we even see Big Boban in stretches. But uh, I think with Booker healthy, the Suns perimeter talent, uh, and then now Aiton inside, I just think he has a you know big advantage against the Mavs front line. Yeah, I was curious where you're going to go because we know how you feel about the Suns, as you should. I mean, they're awesome, and now they're getting healthier here. But with the Mavs, it was it really seemed like it was perfect for them. So they got through that rough stretch in the beginning without Luca. And in the end, it felt like, oh boy, did they have a little bit of luck. Even though you looked at it initially, you think, oh, they got the bad side. They got the bad side of the bracket because they're gonna have to face the Suns in the second round if they advance. But but they also got through it with Luca and and they got the team that's a looks like they're about to break up. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And, um, you know, I, I think that game two in, in the first series against Utah really showed me something. When they were able to win game two at home after losing the first game without Luka, they won game two, uh, really flipped that series. And, and and this is, you know, for, for the second series in a row now, guys, I don't think you can look at the Suns' opponent and who they were through the first half or two-thirds of the regular season and really deduce a whole lot from that. Because as I mentioned with New Orleans, the Pelicans, after they made the trade deadline acquisition to get C.J. McCollum and Larry Nance Jr. from Portland, they were a top-10 team offensively and defensively. They were a good team. That was not your typical 36-46-8 and 46 eight seed, and they really pushed Phoenix in the first round. Uh, now they get an even better opponent in Dallas, and you look at how Dallas has been defensively in particular, um, you know, in 2022, uh, they've improved offensively with the addition to Dinwiddie. Uh, to me, they, they've done, it hasn't gotten as much attention, but they've done something similar to what Boston did and really flipping their season, you know, in season. Uh, Dinwiddie's acquisition, I think, was more important than any uh, Derek White or any acquisition the Celtics made in terms of team performance. But uh, Dallas is a good opponent. I think Phoenix wins. One interesting thing from the betting markets, guys, um, Joe, the numbers you mentioned, that has come down. Like, I thought the number was crazy when it opened. Uh, Dallas was like plus 340 or something to win the series. And I said that it's going to be closer than that. I, I still would pick Phoenix. I think Phoenix wins this series. But, um, you know, Dallas is a good opponent. And this is not going to be a four or five gamer, in my opinion. I think this one goes with the Suns winning in six or maybe seven. More Ryan McDonough next right here on the Beck All Network. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily from BetQL.